We have arrived. We yep. have arrived. Your samples Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Pardon me, gents. Pardon me. <laughs> ah, there he is. How are we? The Chicago boy, dude. That's right. You know, you can take the Detroit out of the boy, you know, but you can't you can't give me the root for it, the Chicago teams. What Where street are you on? Day? I am uh I'm like River River West in like North Kingsbury. Dang. No. King- well, Kingsbury, I know is by um well yeah, I know Kingsbury's by River North, so I don't know. I'm not it's familiar cl- with which it's Cliff River Street. It's you Cliff. on Martin Luther King Drive? Uh, no, I'm actually on Cliff Kingsbury Street. <laughs> Most gifted mind in the game. Yeah, well, welcome back. Uh, new, one of the at one point he was the newest resident of the city of Chicago. Brendan Beachler, Detroit native. How are we feeling? Ooh, feeling good. You know, it's good to be back. Good to hear from you guys. You know, I'm finally on uh, Central Time. So you know. The, uh, the miscommunication is no longer there with some of these times. Yeah, um, that's huge. That's huge. You know, it's it jarred. Really, yeah. I, I, so Illinois is finally good at football when I can't bet on them in this. <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, well, you're not going to be able to bet on that Michigan-Illinois game. Just forewarning. Wait, what? I can't yeah. even bet on Michigan? Well, because they're playing Illinois. What? That's a thing? All right, I'm routing. How do I get to the border the fastest? <laughs> Uh, just right down the expressway. All right, let's see. If I go to stop 37, Michigan Shores, it's an hour 18 to put money on the boys in blue. So I think you got to weigh it. that opportunity costs and, and bet accordingly. You got to take the well, juice traffic, off. In, you know, if I get up early. Yeah, take the juice off in what your miles per gallon is. All you got to do is head to Indiana. Just head to Indiana and you're fine. Oh wait, you can you can bet in Indiana. Yeah, it's legal, I think. More you know. Yeah, you can. More you know. Uh, well, uh, welcome back, Beach. We got a lot to talk about. I think, being that it hits close to home, because one of our own, Raymond Casho, was so <laughs> high on this team. Uh, Notre Dame has been disappointing, um, but we didn't ex- expect as much from them this year as we did the Aggies. Texas A and M dumpster fire. They are the most inept, the most just broken program in college football. There were talks that the Aggies would be bringing a title to College Station this year. They've lost three straight. They are probably the biggest disappointment in the country. And Jimbo Fisher has lost the locker room. (laughs) There are reports coming. Um, I think these were a joke, but that three players had jumped Jimbo Fisher's son. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> who's on the team I, i'd um, believe it i'd believe it honestly um yeah can we and, get up the clips yeah. from from the first week where where i remember a lot of people on this call me specifically uh, said mississippi state was probably going to beat texas a&m again uh ray ray didn't think so uh i believe the score was 42 24 so yeah they had a good show yeah, we've been we've been preaching mississippi state to win this game this week like for generations it's been, I mean, that, that pick that pick has been passed through the grapevine it's just it's years. just a joke i mean i think we all said i think we all agreed eight and five was or eight and four was the ceiling ray's talking that is below the floor i couldn't believe it you know it's fine it serves him right honestly it serves him oh, right you know what that mississippi state game wasn't what it wasn't close 
It wasn't oh, even close. It wasn't at all. They, no. they snuck away with a win at Arkansas. If it wasn't for that, they'd be um, staring down a fifth straight loss this week as they play Mississippi Ole Miss, who lost their first game of the season to LSU, who's another team I kind of wanted to get into. Losing week one to a Florida State team, who is – much better than I think most people thought going into the year. They're a scrappy team, feisty team. I like them. Uh, I think Norvell's got got a good thing going in, in Florida State, the old home of a Jimbo Fisher. But I cannot get around the things coming out of College Station at this point. Players, true freshmen who have just joined the program, are smoking dope in the locker room pregame again, in a conference game that you lose to an inferior opponent who I guess we're saying this, I'm saying this retroactively, who should be an inferior opponent in South Carolina. Is, is there a buyout? Can you buy out Jimbo Fisher? What, what does A&M have to do at this point? I was going to ask, what do you think the problem is? I mean, honestly, like my, my big thing with Texas A&M and why I didn't think they'd be, you know, like winning 10 games, let's just call it that, let's just call it that, is because of not Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a great coach. He's proven what it takes. He has what it takes to get to the top of the college football world. I think it's just they're a young team. You know, this isn't college basketball where the best player in the country is that five-star monster power forward who's playing for Duke. It's not college, that's not college basketball. College football, these guys have been playing for three years now. You're going up against seniors. These guys have been playing at a higher level, faster pace, bigger, stronger, faster. It's like it's like Permian Panthers playing against uh, Dallas Carter. You know, they big, they strong, they fast, and they big. And that's the thing is you get these freshmen going up against some of these big guys. I, I, I just don't think they had what it took. I mean, maybe probably in a couple of years, I think we'd be arrogant to say that Texas A&M would not be – a good team with this five-star talent they have on their roster in the next two years. But yeah, haven't, a, hasn't that been, point. hasn't that been what's been said for the last four years? Like Jimbo's been building. They, for not four like years. this, not like this there, though. I mean, there has they had the be, best class of all time. One this past year. Yeah. But they've been stacking yeah. five stars the last couple but, years. Yeah. I was going to say that's got, there's got to be something underlying where they're clearly not developing these kids or like getting them str- as strong as everybody else. Because that is a good point, Beach. College football, it's a bunch of men because you can't go for three years. Yeah. So you're literally playing men. And it doesn't matter that they had the best class of all time this year. Those kids are all fucking they – can't, they can't compete against these guys. It, that, that's why you don't see – you look around college football, there's very – that's why when you see a true freshman, they key in on him so much, like on a broadcast. They're like, damn, this kid's a true freshman. Because it's like a special thing, you know what I mean? Do, literally they why do key in on those guys. They key why in on those guys. So every broadcast loves to just find some sculpted true freshman. And then just, just every down second they have, they just pan to him on the sideline, like half flexing. That kid's 18. Yeah. yeah. You know, believe it or not, this kid just graduated high school a couple months ago. You wouldn't believe it looking at him. He's living in a backfield in College Station four months after a senior prom. Yeah, you know, they almost key in as much to, uh, you know, when they go the senior in basketball because you never see the senior, you know, they're all gone. Yeah. What are you doing here? Do you see a good senior? You're like, oh, what's he still doing here? I do think there has to be a development issue because 
like the timeline for Jimbo, he had been when he took the job, he was. And I think this goes for a lot of programs. You're not expected at 99 percent of schools to go win a national championship as soon as you come in. You're supposed to be able to recruit and put together a top 10 class if you're going to a big power five program. But in a, you get the two, three years, maybe the fourth year where you've had everyone on that squad as your guy. You know, you chose to have them there. You went out to Tuscaloosa or you went to Gainesville or you went to Ann Arbor and you found this kid and you brought him in and they're all your guys. And it just doesn't seem like outside of last year when they beat Bama and things were looking up, it's been all downhill from there. And there has to be a threshold where are these guys getting developed or are they not? And when does the buck stop? When do you call it? Okay, we can't give this guy any more time. How many more classes does he need to finally have it? Uh, yeah, honestly, I just looked it up. One eight six four, last four years. One eight six four in the country. A um, lot of teams I mean, have won I, with a lot less. <laughs> I was gonna just say, you you talk to guys like I know I know we're not missing him in South Bend, but you talk about a guy like Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly didn't have that. I mean, how Jim Harbaugh I think had a, a couple, maybe top five, maybe. The only guys you see consistently do that are Ryan Day slash Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, Michigan really and old. Notre Dame usually are have pretty similar, like if you look at a longer kind of mm -hmm. like data set, they recruit pretty similarly because they they're, kind of split. They're consistently there. They're yeah. consistently top ten. And they, you know, they're and right there. It's clear that those teams have developed their guys who weren't all five stars, a lot of three and four stars better. I mean, even like I, I mentioned just briefly with LSU, LSU looked like, holy shit, Death Valley is going to be home to Brian Kelly's head on a pitchfork by the end of this season. The way that they were losing, the way they lost that first game and just the errors, the uh, undiscipline. And that team has been growing and developing every game since then. And it look the team looks different. Like I was watching that old miss game and obviously a lot of people were keyed in on the spread and how the hell is this? How is uh old miss not a touchdown favorite or a six point favorite? And they were the dog by the time it closed and LSU looked like the better team. They got off to a slow start, but they ended up dominating and they stuck with, they went down early and they fought their way back and they grabbed a hold of that game and they ran it to the finish line. And it's like, I, I have not seen a A&M team do that, and I don't know that we could pin it down to these kids not developing, if it's a culture thing, if these kids kind of turned on um, Jimbo or what. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if Ray it's has about the, the kids. I honestly think – I would like one last thing on this because it just crossed my mind. I think maybe with, with a team like Texas A&M, like breaking it down, how they've gone one eight six four. I think maybe they have this ability to look to kind of get greedy and, and maybe look ahead to like, Oh, we don't have to worry about these five stars. We have new ones coming in. Whereas Michigan and Notre Dame that we talked about are like, shit, that D lineman five-star we got in 2020. Yeah. He's a dog now. He's a dog. Cause I mean, we developed him. He's a, one of the only five stars we got probably one of, honestly, I would say in the past three years, Michigan might have three, four five stars maybe maybe so you, th those teams key on that because you know it's like okay you're a building block player that's like drafting a quarterback in the first round first pick you're like all right we're gonna build off this guy 
Whereas I think Texas A&M just might just get a little greedy and kind of look, oh, we got a new, we got five more coming in. We'll develop them. Oh, you want to fuck off? We'll bring you in. We'll bring you in. And it's not working. It's not. Yeah. Um, at least Ray has his Illini. Um, I think that kind of, that kind of switched. And I think he'll be net happy because his alma mater is playing the best football that they've played in our lifetime. Um, keeping it in the, uh, in the SEC, um, Bama almost blanked Mississippi state this week. They're not going to go anywhere. They'll be in the, whether they get in or they're the first team out, they'll be there at the end of the season. But, um, Viral clip went out after that Tennessee game, thousands of volunteers flooding the field and um, Alabama player kind of just smokes some, some girl in the face. Um, seemingly unwarranted. Completely unwarranted. Yeah. Completely. And there was not a question in Nick Saban's mind that this kid was going to be taking the field the following Saturday. Is that, what we've come to expect from these guys around college football, or is it, is it, is there, is there less or more pressure or like uh, ownership in college or the NFL for the players? Do you think? I mean, we, we shouldn't be throwing Nick Saban a parade for not letting that kid play. Like he, he literally smoked some, some girl in the face for no reason. So it's not like, I'm sure all the people in Alabama are like, yeah, look at Nick taking charge of his program. No, he like, played. Dude. He played. No, he played. He yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, no ownership, like, no yeah. ownership whatsoever. So that doesn't surprise me. I guess it doesn't surprise me either because they don't fucking care at all. Meanwhile, but yeah, no, Devontae I, Adams is facing litigation in the NFL for doing the same thing to an employee of like, like a, of the NFL, like a cameraman. It's facing legal charges. It's, I feel like there's always these cases I, in football, college, and the NFL where they'll pick and choose just to make like an example of someone. Like there'll be the same crime happen five times. Like the fifth guy who does it, they're like, all right, we're cracking down now. Now is the time. And then like the next, next five guys commit it. And then it's like one. So it's like they'll just pick and choose suspensions. And it's very, very like different for each case. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's not yeah. consistent. It's no, not consistent at all. I don't know if this is true at all. This just popped into my head. Obviously, as a podcast, we do not condone punching of anyone, much less women. Um, Unless but in it's the Jimbo's NFL, son, I guess. Yeah. In the NFL, Thanks for getting that know, out there, Beach. Yeah, you're, yeah anyone. Just, in case know, anyone was under the impression that we condoned yeah. uh, the hitting of women, we do, we do not. not. We do not. Zero but, tolerance <laughs> policy here. But in the NFL, you don't see storming of fields between bitter rivals. You know, let, let's talk about a time just before this gets a little icky where, where there has been a storming of the field and some dude like goes up into some like guy's face and is like after just cranking Miller lights all day. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's asking for it. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. This guy's pissed. Football sure. is his job. He's a starter. He put his team, <laughs> he put his fucking game on the line. And this guy gets all in his face after a couple beers and wants to like rub it in that his his team won. And you don't see that in the NFL. Where if you see shit in the NFL, it's like, oh, this guy walked off the sideline. He's a professional. He gets paid to do this job, and he acted like a child and assaulted a cameraman. I mean, I mean that is just like, what are you doing? 
the cameraman, you know, might have done something, but like, <laughs> it's not, it's not the drunk. Was that, can we vet this guy? Can we find out who this camera? Maybe he's got an agenda. Maybe he, he definitely kinda, does. He stepped in, took a charge, and then I don't know. I saw a reverse angle on that Devonte where he kind of came into his his line of vision late, and it it looked like uh, Devonte didn't know, and he was. I don't know. It gave more credence to Devonte. It was a little. Um, it, it looked much better from a different angle where he didn't just. Sure. Yeah. Dude, if Devonte Adams it turns out like that... this to me, I'd go flying. <laughs> I'd go flying. Sure. Yeah. Now, it, if it, I, it if turned... Chuck O'Kane did that to me, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I was going to say, it turns out the cameraman's Brad Davison just, <laughs> just taking charges left and right down the tunnel. <laughs> or it's his dad or something. They just <laughs> sculpted him into that. Some, See, yeah, some some relative. Yeah, I don't like. That is a good point, Beach. The one thing I I'd say is is kind of similar where you get maybe that point where there's contact like that that can be made. Is I know this was a big thing a couple years ago in the NBA was some puds sitting courtside that are just juiced, rinsed out, and like. If they wanted to, they could assault any player on the court at any moment because they're I mean, they're closer than guys on their bench, you know, on some of those courtside seats. And I know I think it was like Russ or a couple of guys were like, there needs to be something done. They're yelling obscenities into our ear, you know, from a foot away and getting up and like even making contact at points when they're standing. Um, But it is you don't get those situations in the NFL where like a fan can be assaulted like those opportunities don't present themselves I just think the bigger part of it is like I don't I don't mind that he didn't stop the kid from playing because I he's done nothing to you know tell me that that's something that he prides himself on is like keeping these kids are all great young men and they're going to be disciplined like he's never done it before he he why would he do it now and not saying that this is only Saban I think a lot of guys not that they run dirty programs, but that it is clear. And I think in some ways it's part of a lot of these guys' job descriptions from the top down. Yo, we're not looking to, you know, to send out a bunch of Andrew Lux into the world that are going to like yeah. be great humanitarians, whatever. Just bring us a fucking national championship. You There's know? no more molders of men. No more yeah. molders of men. It's and all like, about titles. And I mean, there's been terrible things happen with ND ND players and things that have happened in the ND program that I'm not proud of. And I think most people could say that about things that have happened in their program. But I do think that now with like that video being in existence, I think it's like it's hard to even be Saban and just kind of like, eh, what a, you know, that didn't come across my desk. Oh, I didn't see it like. Even almost anyone, I feel like, would have to say, okay, dude, like, I know nothing might come of this. I don't know what the charges are or what legally this is going to be, but, like, dude, we've all seen the video. Like, you cannot play this week. You know what I mean? Like, sit him down against Mississippi State, a game where if you lo- any one player on the team isn't going to lose you that game. But th- it was so, so damning a video that, like, Dude, come on, just 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 save face and do the politician bullshit and be like, oh, we don't we don't stand for this. You know, like we don't let this happen. But I don't know. Rest of the slate. Ohio State just dropped a 50 burger on Iowa. 
Uh, I mean, are you surprised? Did you see no, Iowa week one? I'm not. I mean, they literally, they're junk. We might have watched in that Iowa-Ohio State game the greatest versus the worst offense of all time. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Is that uh, Ohio State offense better than 2019 LSU? No, 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 no. I think maybe at the – I'd give them at the back position, quarterback, no, LSU. Um, I don't really think I'm taking – I mean, although I would say Ohio State has a better grouping of receivers, but LSU just had, like, pure talent at their best guys. Where I thought like Burrow, Chase, and Jefferson were just too good. Whereas Stroud has okay, Julian Fleming, like a what is it, a Buka, and then there's Smith Ajigba, and then there's Marvin Harrison Jr., who is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So those four guys, I mean, I'm gonna take that collection like over Thaddeus Moss, Justin Jefferson, and and Jamar Chase, but that that team, like you got to put out your best too. I'm taking Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and that LSU team over. I don't even know who I'd go with. Probably a healthy Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. But right now, it's not looking like Smith and Jigba. It's honestly probably looking like Julian Fleming. Dude, no, no way. There's, I mean, it's not even close. Fucking Jefferson and Chase, as you saw what they did in college, they're the they're the best players in the NFL too. They're, we're talking about. Julian Fleming in the same same conversation as Jamar Chase. It's like, what are we doing here? There's no way. Well, it's not that's, all. That's I don't think like the end all be all and is I, the person. I'm not basing that on NFL. T- yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I wouldn't not. I take say scheme it. though. Scheme, scheme Joe scheme, Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, Brady like that's what I'm saying. Is they just blows they out of the water. they score every time that their offense takes the field. They score a touchdown. Like no, they don't. Because every... I've lost a lot of money betting on Ohio State touchdowns. <laughs> Dude, they drives, scored like they've let me down. They scored like thirty-nine of their last fifty possessions have been touchdowns or something absolutely yeah. insane. Like the the highest percentage of all time. And I, I well, they got to get ready for the Wolverines. I mean, that's <laughs> it. I mean, that's right? It. Yeah, they're just going through the yeah. motions hey. until they get to that game. Yeah, give me, give me Jamar. Oh yeah, we got the Jamar. The Jamar merch is on site. It's on site. Yeah, get this on sale. So Beach, is this shaping up uh, to be the biggest, the biggest the game that you've seen? My prediction was same thing as 06, 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Spot on the title title game, or you know, or uh, college football playoff, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, that's on the line. And it's, you know what, 06 had happened in Columbus, and Ohio State won by one. This year, the Wolverines will get the dub in Columbus. Because it's like part two of last year. Last year was like, we got to beat them. We got to beat them. We got to fucking beat them. It's been too long. We're going to beat them at home. Now it's like, shit, we haven't won on the road since Vietnam. I mean, are you shitting me? Let's get it done. Their commission's a good ball club. And it's going to be one of the best games of the year. I truly think so. I, I hope it's – I've always dreamed of seeing Michigan against a good team, much less like a, a, a huge rival that you hate, showing that kind of like great offense that you see where you just talked about Ohio State, like throwing – like scoring every fucking possession, like what Bama does in these big games. 
Like, you, I, like I remember watching Justin Fields just throw cannons against Clemson. Like, Trevor Lawrence. Like, all these teams that have been great have been able to do that. And, like, I get it. Defense wins championships, and that's just, like, not really Big Ten ball. But Ohio State plays defense, and Ohio State throws the shit out of the football. So that's what I want to see Michigan do. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's – I could – I don't know what would happen in that game, obviously, but that's just not how Michigan plays. Dude, Harbaugh is so fucking – he's so run the ball, run the I – want, I want a nine-minute possession. That's, that's what he, like, shoots for. He goes from six to midnight if he gets, like, three straight runs for a first down on, like, third and short. Gets another four yard run. He's sitting there like juice. So I, well, we it's, got it's tough to think. I, and Corum's a beast, but I feel like Michigan's offense, their explosiveness always comes on like a like a screen or like Corum breaking a long run or something along those lines. Instead of, I don't know if I see McCarthy throwing like a seventy five yard like post route to Ronnie Bell breaking over the middle. That's I feel like that's not what they do. But that should happen though. I get what you're. I totally agree with what you're saying. That should happen. I mean, Andre Anthony, number one, he is one of the fastest receivers in college football. Ronnie Bell is a tenured receiver. Great. I mean, Michigan's got weapons. I just – I get the scheme, but, like, you got to break that shit out when you're down seven in Columbus. You can't go, oh, well, Ohio State just scored. We're going to run. Oh, three and out. Kick it back. Oh, 14-0. Let's try and run it again. Uh, unless you get the unless you get Corum to break a seventy yard run, you're not going to stay in that game. And granted, I mean Michigan whooped the shit out of OSU last year with Hassan Haskins rushing for five TDs. So if you can do that again. I guess you can beat anyone. Well, and yeah. that's that's the thing is it the air raid, the spread offense has taken over college football, and teams have had teams that didn't implement it early have had to to keep up, but. The thing about, Mark, what you said in having that nine-minute possession and, like, battle through those third and shorts, that can work. But most teams that, that have lived on that haven't been the best teams in the country because the, the teams have that have been the best team in the country have predominantly had, one, if not the best quarterback in the country, one of them. Michigan doesn't have that, but Michigan is capable of – of executing that style of play. I mean, we saw Notre Dame who is not as disciplined a football team as Michigan. That is not as talented a football team or as well coached a football team as Michigan kind of take Ohio state out of that. And Ohio state ended up playing that ugly game. And I get it was week one and there's kinks and there's things you have to work out. But I do think that you, you don't, if you're Michigan, you don't have to change what you've been doing. You just have to execute on at the line with making sure that Corum is in positions to make that big play and making sure that you're ready to take that shot when needed. Like Ohio State has beat everyone by 50 the last two months because no one has had the personnel to stop them once. And once you don't stop them once, that is almost impossible to execute is just running the ball and keep trying to keep the ball in your hands because when you put together that nice eight minute drive and, and you score and you run it down, it's like, yeah. And then you look at the score and it's fucking 28 to six, you know, it's like, yeah, fuck, well, it's too little too late. So it's definitely going like to be Michigan misses style. the shots though. That's kind of my thing though. I feel like they miss the shots. 
And, and then it's like you get mad at a fa- as a fan because it's like, all right, well, we're going to stick to run. Oh, throwing that wrinkle play action shot. Oh, now it's third and eight. We're behind the sticks. Oh, this is tough. That's where you get, like, fucked against great teams. You saw it. Perfect example. Michigan, Georgia. Michigan came out. They said, you know, we know we got to keep this offense off the field. They went for it a couple times, fourth and shorts, third and short. You know, they just couldn't get anywhere. Georgia's got a tremendous defense, obviously. And, like, that's why I thought they were kind of similar teams. But Georgia had the ability to run the ball as good as Michigan did last year, probably better, and throw the ball a lot better. I mean, that, that's why they ended up whopping them uh, is because Michigan took that opportunity to say, you know, we, we got we to gotta go for it. We got to go for it. They missed shots. They missed chances. They didn't keep the offense off the field. And I think they've gotten a lot better about doing that. Obviously, that's why they were able to win the game last year is because they ran the dang ball. They kept Ohio State off the field. They made stops. That's what you got to do to win Big Ten football. Yeah, and it's it's definitely probably the most excited I will be for one of these games. Obviously, last year was fantastic, and I was happy for you, Beach. Don't get me wrong. But I think these these teams are – even more, even better, bigger and better than they were last year. So I think that makes just for a bigger game, especially with Michigan having won last year. So it means that much more to both sides for Michigan to get that, uh, like you said, first win since Nam, since the boys were getting, you know, some of those kids are getting plucked off the squad to go fight, go take down the Viet Cong. Um, so that most likely will not happen. You'll most likely have your full roster ready to go in Columbus. But uh, having these two Big Ten powerhouses that are, I think, most likely at this point going to face off undefeated in a couple weeks. We talked about last week the possibility, and it's still in play after the game Saturday, for three SEC teams to get into the playoff assuming that um, Bama will win the uh, SEC championship and you'll have a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss Tennessee. Um, Is there a way, or, well, what I want to get into first was, is Clemson making this possible? They keep winning, but I don't think, I think Syracuse is a very solid football team, but Syracuse kind of gave that game away and, should have taken Clemson out of contention is is Clemson the only thing stopping this from happening or is it possibly a Michigan Ohio State double birth no I mean three is three is out three SEC teams you know why you know what the number one criteria is for making the playoff two words conference championship championship. that's it that's it I mean stop stop Big Ten champion, if they have one loss and they win, will probably will most likely get in. If they're undefeated, they sure as hell are. So that pencils in Michigan or Ohio State at this current belief that we're in. Let's throw in the SEC champion that happens every year. For some reason, Georgia and Bama can't figure out which one needs to be more dominant. So they always have to split and or always each of them have to have one loss and then they both get in. And Clemson being Clemson and playing in the ACC, which is a power comp, power five conference and isn't the junk pack 12, they will get in as well. I mean, I think Clemson, Michigan and Ohio State are clearly in the driver's seat. You cannot sit here and tell me that what you just said, that conference champion Bama, 
no conference champion Georgia in what? No, not even play, third place. We're putting in a bronze medalist in the conference. That's a joke. That's a joke to the sport. I get that they're a great football team. I love that they beat Bama. But that isn't happening. Have fun in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, honestly, like, stop. That's the but whole reason that. why they're looking at eight and expanding, or now 12, is because – Because of whoa. you. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> because they ripped me off. Fuck you, ASPN. <laughs> ripped me off. But wouldn't, that's, that just shows that conference alignment is an absolute joke, and it should be like the Big 12 does it where the two best teams play in the championship. Instead, the Big Ten's got a side of the conference where fucking Illinois is going to walk to a Big Ten championship. Like, are we serious? And the fact that Tennessee beats Alabama, but Alabama still gets to play in the SEC championship if Tennessee loses to Georgia, it's like, why shouldn't Tennessee be playing Georgia again? You know what I mean? Like, it shows that conference alignment is ridiculous. So where I'm coming from here, Beach, is not like out of desire to see that happen. It's more a product of the teams that we have that are still in the running that I don't think that I think are very capable of pulling themselves out of the race. Like TCU has been great. They had great quarterback play. They've been scrappy at when they need to be scrappy and they've had a air raid dominant offense when they need to have a dominant offense. They are very capable of dropping one and possibly giving their shot. Even if they're possible, it's still possible for them to win a big 12 championship and not get in. If they, if they're a one loss or possibly a two loss Clemson, I honestly think that because the roles are a little not reversed, but because Notre Dame isn't in a, the same position playing Clemson as they have been the three prior times is there have nothing to lose. I think that could be a tough game for Clemson. I think Clemson could easily drop one. And I think we will end up seeing does a big 12 conference or a one loss big 12 conference, either runner up or champ or Clemson's one loss conference champ up against other one loss teams that have a better season resume. It gets down to me to things that are kind of obsolete in the grand scheme of picking who's the best teams to be in. Because like if TCU loses a bad game here and wins the big 12 and Tennessee it has one loss to end the season and it's to Georgia or like what, whatever the scenario has to be. I think that's tougher than you think, but like to pick that. And I don't think that a conference championship with the way the conference alignment works should be the end all be all. I just think you get into weighing like other conferences more. I, I think with, you know how you always see every year where – you know how you said Bama like always make it because they're Bama? That part, that's part in which mostly because they're really good. But you know why it's also is because college football and the committee and everyone wants to see them in. No, they'll never not get in if they were one loss team. You know, they're kings of the SEC, whatever, whatever, whatever. This doesn't pertain to TCU. If TCU loses a game, they will not snip the playoff. They won't. Yeah, they don't want to see them in. They went undefeated 10 years ago. They yeah, don't get a well, and they didn't have a conference championship. So guess what? The one-loss Buckeyes jumped them because number one criteria, conference championship. Now, I understand the argument here where if we're going to take 
okay, you said, let's say Georgia beats Tennessee. So ten, let's just say like Tennessee's out, whatever. Um, and Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. So, so Georgia and Bama, both one loss, played in the title game. They're getting in, right? Just because I have the AP 25 in front of me and Ohio State's ranked higher, let's put Ohio State in two. Clemson is most likely going to run the table, okay? Even if they don't in their one loss, the only way I see TCU getting in ahead of them is if they are go undefeated and Clemson has one loss. I think if they have the same record, the nod goes to Clemson in my mind. Um, I could see where maybe people respect the Big 12 a little bit more with OK State kind of hanging on a little bit. If they, if they keep climbing the ladder with TCU, kind of keeping it close, like all of a sudden they're at like, you know, six, seven, five, six at the end of the year. That's where the Big 12 actually has an advantage where they put the two best teams playing each other. So if TCU is going to be undefeated, they play Oklahoma State again. Whoa, that's a better win than Clemson playing. Who the fuck would it be? NC State, honestly. Who would it be? Syracuse? It's, it's looking like UNC right now. It's looking Florida like State, UNC. Maybe? No, UNC right now is They're, is, wow. the, is leading the conference. They're three and zero. They have a two game lead in the conference. UNC is probably ranked eighty first in the country. So unless Clemson goes undefeated, I I, I don't see. I, I think Clemson has to go undefeated to get in, but I I just don't see where you start weighing Tennessee in against conference champions. Like if you're going to put in two already from the SEC. And then you get undefeated TCU or Clemson and undefeated Big Ten. There's your four. Like, there's just no room for Tennessee. I'm sorry, but like, you can't put a bronze medalist from a conference in there. That's just a joke. Well, and that also changes depending on who loses. Like, Tennessee could run the table and they're still good. And so then it depends on, well, yeah, one loss Tennessee may be out, but then where do you put a one loss Bama or Georgia? Like, what if, well, if Tennessee what if, runs the table, they play Bama again in the yeah, SEC yeah. championship. Yeah, and that's where I don't. That's where I think Georgia takes a well, seat then, too. I'll, right, I'll argue the same thing. Play, yeah, yeah, but Georgia takes a say, seat just like Tennessee does. Yeah. What if the scenario like Clemson wins out, TCU, TCU. wins out, the Big Ten, and then what if um, Georgia or like the undefeated side of that SEC loses to Bama in the championship, and then? They're left out sitting there. You know what I mean? That'd be wild. Yeah. Well, and it's a then tough job. there's also there's also where it could po- there there's a decent shot of this happening too. Is you have a undefeated Big Twelve champ and an undefeated ACC champ for one spot. Yeah, that I mean, it's going to depend on where. And we always say this, and it doesn't matter until the college football playoff rankings come out. They might say, hey, you know what? Clemson is undefeated. They've kind of not looked good. Let's put TCU above them. If TCU is above them, Clemson does not have those statement games to jump in. I think TCU actually has a statement game that they could make. Like I was saying, if they're like 6-7, them in Oklahoma State, and TCU wins again. I mean, that whoa, they just beat the 17th in the country and won a conference championship. Like, And Clemson beat fucking unc i mean it's a joke like i mean it's a joke but i think they'll put them in because they're clemson i really do yeah 
And that's where it kind of gets down, not the same beach that exactly because it's not the Pac-12, but where you were saying we're going to we're going to get to the point that's possible where it's literally, well, which conference championship means more? Yeah. Not They should all be valued at the same exact metric, the same number that they all equal one, right? But, oh, they're Clemson, and they got Dabo, and everyone loves Dabo, and Clemson's Clemson, and TCU, eh, you know, they're TCU. They're the fifth, fifth, fifth biggest school in Texas, you know, and then it gets yeah. all the politics come in. But obviously, it's not like this – like TCU goes West Virginia, Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. And I think they're better than all those teams. Maybe I think Texas I think Texas might be the team that takes them down, but they still yeah. have to run through a gauntlet of the best teams outside of Oklahoma That's why State. I never worry about the Big 12, honestly. I never do. Because they all they, trade they losses. They eat each they other tra- alive. Yeah, they trade they losses. Do. They're really good at it. It's because I remember at the beginning of the year when we talked, when we had like our preseason show, we talked about the four teams in the Big 12 being Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. We left TCU out because we didn't even fucking think they'd be there. But I think it still remains the same where, okay, you got two of these guys who are at the top. Uh, but then if you drop down a little bit, it's like, oh, we have Kansas State is in there as a ranked team. Uh, you know, Texas has been good this year. Texas has the Quinn Ewers thing. Uh, you know, that kind of sucks. I mean, it sucks, but. That's where it's like you, they're good at beating each other. You don't see that in other conferences where, oh, like, oh, the Pac-12. Like, yeah, Utah and USC and Oregon. I mean, Utah's junk, too. I hate Utah. Cameron Rising, fraud. But, like, that's it. Is That's why I think it's moving to 12, and I wish – I honestly wish they stayed at eight because then if you a Power 5 conference has a down year, you just throw that guy in as the eighth seed. Let's just get him out after playing Bama. But, I, I mean, that's absolutely right. And I, I think we'll see it this year, and I'm kind of hoping for because I want to see what they do. For years, the only, only time they haven't put in a conference champion that's been undefeated or was TCU. I th- or they didn't have it, an undefeated team. It was TCU and Baylor right there, I think, at 5-6. And Ohio State jumped. Uh, th- I would love to see it, personally. Which one means more? Which one means more? Yeah, I mean, it like it, this happens every single year, and it's crazy that it's taken what eight years to finally get some shake up in the system. Because if that doesn't tell you that the system is innately flawed, where you're gonna have to just end up after all said and done, after a full three and a half months of a team establishing themselves as one of the best teams in the country as a conference champion. After all that, it still comes down to some old fucking men and, uh, and uh, Condoleezza Rice fucking. Who's going to make us the most money. That's really what they said. Where it still comes down. And I mean, it's, it's no better. Like in a, meta sense it's no better than when they literally used to just decide who the national champion was because now they're just deciding in some ways on no merit who should get in their their metrics and air which they keep airtight you know what i mean and just say whatever and it's like 
oh, well, we have this system and this, these algorithms and all these numbers crunched, and then we'll say that Clemson should des- deserves to be in over TCU. It's like, you don't know fucking dick about shit. You're yeah. just making this According shit up. According to ESPN, FBI. It's like, <laughs> like, what? Like, who gives a shit? ESPN fucking sucks. Yeah. And it's just the, the FBI is just like the bear just with some Pringles on his fucking stomach <laughs> while he's looking at his FanDuel account just lose fucking – Get literally de- stro- like his decrepit, <laughs> his yeah, his de- the the bear on the fucking South Park meme, just with yeah, his the, decrepit Fanduel balance <laughs> after giving out loser. That's the FBI. They just call bear, and he's like, oh, 16, 47, uh, Clemson, you know. And so they used to literally just decide, uh, oh, I know, I know, Notre Dame beat Florida State, but uh, Florida State's the national champion. Yay, woo! Like that, that still presents itself every year with the four, and until they actually commit to your idea beach, which was your idea, the way you explained it. And until they give you the credit that you deserve, it's, it's still fucking political bullshit. And yeah, I do like getting, I do like when this happens to a degree because we just get to get to, you know, yell and scream and pillage and fucking shit on ESPN and shit on the, fucking fpi and everything it's horrible honestly it is i i would love to hear that like how do you guys kind of like see this shaking out like what what would be kind of your what are we seven weeks then i think maybe eight weeks i think some teams are eight no um we're kind of getting down to the last stretch here what do we what do we got as our playoff guys what are we kind of thinking here throw them in there because i'm rooting for them to pull it off even though they got an uphill battle but i'll have tcu as a four Clemson three, Ohio State two, and then Georgia one. So that's so, that's yeah. the one SEC scenario. That's the one SEC where two are left out. I would, I actually, I would like to see Which Georgia is unlikely, again. Obviously, but. I would like to see Georgia run the table again. I, I'd like to them to run the table because it's the most likely way, and I think it might be the only way that only one SEC team gets in. Um, is if Georgia just beats Tennessee yeah, and then beats Bama it again. Is. That would be the way where it's like, okay, fuck off, Bama. Um, even though I do like Tennessee and I think it'd be cool. Um I don't I don't I don't know if they can they can win out because they're gonna have to. Um so I do like that. I like Georgia. Um you know I'd like to see Michigan get another shot at it. Um so that would mean them beating Ohio State. Um I would like to see Michigan, and I think if they beat Ohio State and then win the Big Ten championship, then they'll be the two, right? Yeah, they'd be the two behind Georgia one. Um, and then, yeah, I'd like to see TCU, uh, undefeated TCU. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, God, I just fucking hate that Clemson's going to be in this playoff, dude, because they're, they're going to be in it. So I guess I'm rooting for Notre Dame to beat Clemson, and then you have a one-loss – Tennessee, um, in that scenario, yeah, yeah, you'd have a one loss. They would be. They would Tennessee compare one no loss conference. Tennessee. Yeah, they compare one loss Tennessee to a one loss Ohio State in that scenario. Tennessee for sure. Same close. Yeah, because they have the band straight the schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of similar to what I'm thinking. I think honestly, I like the dogs winning out, going one. Um. I do think they're going to win out. I think they'll beat Bama, and I think Bama will take that second loss, just completely knocking them out. 
Um, I think Tennessee then will be on the sidelines, kind of have that Ohio State effect where, you know, they lost to Penn State. Penn State gets in the game, then they ju- and then they jump. Uh, so I got Tennessee in the playoff as well. I got Michigan, though, at number two. I have Clemson at three, and I got Tennessee at four. Um, I don't know if they – I think they might flip that a little bit to see – Clemson versus Georgia and then and then Michigan versus Tennessee because I don't think they want to see a Tennessee Georgia Michigan, Tennessee title yeah 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 everyone wants to see that actually just the fan bases no I, I think yeah. just the elites think, don't want that to happen yeah no but I think TCU will lose and then play for a big 12 championship and then like lose to like one loss Oklahoma say like congratulations you ate each other I think the Pac-12 is more than out. I think Clemson is a 13-0 lock. I think Georgia is a 13-0 lock. I'm putting Michigan in as a 13-0 lock. And that comes down to, well, who are we going to take? Are we going to take the age-old question? The one loss or the, like the, the one loss team, or are we going to put in the team who never played week 13? You know, sometimes it can work out. You didn't have to play the extra game. You didn't have to lose. You didn't have to win. I think that is Tennessee this year. uh, Because I do think they should get respect for their strength and schedule. And not that strength and schedule doesn't matter. It's definitely important. I think it's the second highest criteria after conference championship. So, um, but I don't think that a a two loss or a one loss conference champion Big 12 team is gets the nod over our Tennessee. Honestly. Yeah, I think this I think this selection gets a a little more dicey than it has been in years past because I think there's more going to be more undefeated and one loss teams than we've seen. Um because the only the only um equivalent that we've seen in the playoff era has been to a conference champion has been a, an undefeated Notre Dame. So when Notre Dame would go undefeated, then they get in. You know what I mean? So that's their criteria because they don't get, they don't play in a week 13. They don't have a conference championship to play. So it's like, well, if Notre Dame's undefeated, assuming we don't have four undefeated power one conference champions, which we haven't, then Notre Dame gets in. Notre Dame, or there's no independent that won't be playing third uh, week 13 that is even in question. But I think when you get to those one-loss conf- or non-conference champions, there there could possibly be three of those. So that's where it'll get dicey, and that's where I think they're they're hoping for some teams to drop games here in the next couple of weeks to make their lives easier. To be completely honest, I mean, yeah, well, yeah happens. We, it's the witching. We have hour. to wait. It's the witching hour. We have to wait till after the Tennessee Georgia game too to see is that obviously we're going to see who's playing in the SEC championship then you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's for the SEC championship but how about did any of you guys see that chaos scenario where a, a four and eight Northwestern plays in the Big Ten championship <laughs> <laughs> there, somebody, I don't somebody, want to ran, somebody ran the numbers on that <laughs> side and it's like they like who Michigan State and it's all plausible too it's not like there's no like built in like Nebraska beating Ohio State or something. Yeah. It's like it would be like Maryland or Maryland would have to beat Illinois or, so, or like Illinois would have to lose to I don't know fucking Rutgers or so or whoever. Well, it was like, like they've never done that. Right. And and Northwestern 
falls to one and eight and they win their last three games and they would move to four and two in that side of the conference and every other team would be three and three <laughs> and a four and eight Northwestern gets in to play Ohio State or Michigan. So I'm rooting for that to happen, honestly. I'd Dude, cry. I, I saw I was at Culver's getting culverized a couple weeks ago. Um, I want to say a week from a week before a week and a half ago, I was at Culver's and half the Northwestern football team was in there and they all had their, you know, varsity jackets on and shit. And they were getting fucking double butter burger baskets with bacon and they're fucking eating out there like they were fucking Permian Panthers. Second reference to the Friday Night Lights. But um, God, I just kept looking at them and. I really wanted to say, you know, who, who's who's coming to Evanston to beat the fucking living shit out of you guys this week? Because they were just <laughs> they were just hanging around like they own the fucking place. And I get okay, I'm not a D1 football player. Uh, you're you guys are barely D1 football players, but I certainly don't go to my local Culvers and you know fucking spread man spread take up a whole booth. I got a varsity jacket on, and they look like some total fucking douches, bro. And it's like, I I get it to a degree. Like, you think you're the shit. But I was surprised because it's Northwestern. I thought they'd have a little more class. I thought they should probably be more um, amenable to the other guests that were in the Culver's trying to eat. And they were loud and kind of all over the place. And it's like, dude, it's if fucking you're Culver's. Fucking- <laughs> It's fucking it's, Culver's. Culver's is a place for fucking everyone, dude. It's, it's a not place a for backroom a, tavern. Dude. There was kids there. <laughs> dude, it's a place for the average man to go get a great burger, wash it down with a malt, you know, and, and take the kids home and, and tuck them into bed. And it's like, yeah, if you're Bama or you're a fucking Tennessee volunteer right now or you're a fucking Buckeye or you're a Wolverine, you know what? I'm not – I do whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever the fuck you want, but you're a Northwestern team that is terrible, and you're kind of like trying to take over the fucking Culvers in Skokie. Like, give me a break, fellas. So, scram, um, kid. It's my burger. <laughs> yeah. So I hope, and it, it definitely set them back because it was the longest it's ever taken me to get food there. Um, so they were they were working those kids hard, but um. Yeah, I would like to see that nightmare scenario play out so they get their teeth kicked in in the Big Ten Championship, honestly. Um, yeah, that'll be the day they make it. I mean, I certainly hope that. I'd love to see the Illini get in there. So I think I think what we're saying is we all take the Northwestern future to make the Big Ten Championship. Let's parlay it. Let's parlay like plus, it. Plus all 100, these <laughs> It was like when yeah. Oregon – someone bet Oregon State to win the Pac-12 uh, a couple years ago. In hoops? Yeah, when they or, ran the yeah. table, and the twelve won it. seed. Then they get in, and then they made like the elite eight. Just like, yeah, they beat Oklahoma this. State. That wow, that, was, that I think that was the most money I've ever lost on a game. Um, okay, do you put in four? Do you put in five and eight Big Ten champion Northwestern? If they, <laughs> or TCU? Yeah, Northwestern gets in. Well, that's TCU. dude. That's where it would be fucking hilarious if you do like auto bids, you know, with a Big yeah. Ten champion, like or in college football when they expand, like oh. Northwestern sneaks in and like CJ Stroud just has a freak, you know, like pull rips his hammy out of his leg on the first drop back, and and the kid's got the yips behind him and is throwing duds, and they squeak out like a twelve nine win. They're in. But a uh, lot, lot to still see. 
Um, these games are going to shake out. We got some big ones this, uh, this weekend, which we'll begin to next week on the show. Um, getting moving to NFL. Um, any, what was the biggest, what was the biggest takeaway from NFL this week? Um, Matt Ryan's done. He's, he's probably, he should retire yeah. now. Right. I, I don't know what they were trying to plan for in Indy. And I well, don't they know. They did why. it with Phillip Rivers, too. Like, I know they made the yeah, playoffs, the but like, why thing. do they keep doing that? They're the only team that's uh, yeah. doing that. <laughs> it's they bringing also, in these ancient quarterbacks. They also like get told by Vegas every year that you're, they're going to be good. And I, I don't get it because if they were to just draft or, or, or literally just draft a young QB or get someone coherent in there instead of like, oh, well, all other 32 teams passed on Phillip Rivers. I guess we'll take them. Like, there's got to be a better young backup out there. Like, the experience train isn't working. Running backs have a short shelf life. We know that. Like, Jonathan Taylor is not going to win a Super Bowl there. Like, it's just it's just not going to happen with this same scheme. I mean, now we're throwing in Sam Ellinger. I'd love it if he worked out because I think you need a young guy. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I think they're literally two years behind where they should be. Uh, Michael Pittman, right. I mean, they still have that great old line. Uh, defense is pretty solid. Uh, I really just think they're just shitting the bed with Matt Ryan, and it's horrible to watch. It's horrible to watch. You can't tell me that the, the Colts would not have been, like, a solid team if they had Trubisky back there the last two years or some someone of that caliber. That's a perfect example. Why yeah. was Trubisky going to Pittsburgh or not Pittsburgh? Buffalo. He's at Buffalo, right? Yeah, yeah, Buffalo as a backup. Why backer. is he at Buffalo and not in Indy getting in reps with Michael Pittman and Justin and Jonathan Taylor? I, I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. They've tried to adopt like a complete, a completely like a complete counterculture to the rest of the league, which is okay. You're not there. You're not in a position to compete for a Super Bowl right now. Uh, so draft your guy, pick your guy and get him in there and throw him in, you know, as soon as possible and you'll see what you have. And if you got to get another guy, you got to get another guy. And, um, yeah, they've done the complete opposite and brought in these fossils, which has not worked. Um, yeah, enough on, I don't really care to deep, make a deep dive on the culture, no, but no. CMC, I think the big news was CMC out to the yeah. Bay. Um, yeah, I, I have, like it. Honestly, they have maybe like the best fleet of weapons on offense, like the most diverse but incredible. God, fuck! <laughs> Clean it up. Clean it up. But yeah, I, I, they have weapons. They have weapons. I mean, you look at this 49er team, versatile, great coached, great line, good defense. Um, but yeah, I, I was thinking like, you can't tell me I, they literally did it last year. Like if they, if like, cause they haven't played, they're on and off as a football team. You can't tell me if they're sitting there as a six or a seven seed that they can't make a run. Like it's, this is literally yeah. playing out to be the exact same scenario as last year, but they're, if depending on their health, obviously they get a little more talent with McCaffrey back there. They're better than they are last year. They were in the NFC championship last year. So. I think they're so good at the end of the year. That's what I think yeah, they're really definitely. good. They're, they're a stretch Shanahan, football team. Shanahan's a, a guy that's built to coach in the playoffs. Like, he just – he can handle it. Some guys yeah, can't. Yeah, honestly. 
Uh, yeah, they falter early, and it's always like, ah, oh, San Fran's down. And then they just they just find themselves in the NFC Championship every other year, you know? Like, he, he gets it done, and that's what you want out of a coach. Like, you, you're not expecting, especially when you're kind of looking at a Trey Lance as your starting quarterback, you're not expecting week one to be world beaters. And ha- even though you got, you know, Kittle and you got um, – Debo and you got these weapons and a solid defense, the teams, the teams. And I mean, this goes for every single sport and it's clear and it shows it rears its head in every single sport, the teams that learn and just get better throughout the year. It's not where you start, it's where you finish and they always finish strong and they're always playing to possibly play in the last game of the season. And when you're, when you have Debo and George Kittle who at their positions are maybe the toughest to bring down, and the most freak athletes at their position. And then you add CMC, who is the white savior, who is like the the Captain America running back. Well, he's back, back in Palo Alto. That's the thing. Like, he looks sick in those threads. He's back. I think he's excited. Um, look out, honestly. Like, look out. I really like the Niners this year. I think the NFL – more than any other league, professional, whatever you want to call it. I think it shows and it proves every, just about every year, systems win. You know, Tom Brady, great quarterback, phenomenal. Belichick had a great system now, still does. Um, Okay, Shanahan consistently beats Aaron Rodgers, who everyone says is the greatest person to ever pick up a quarterback football and throw it. Uh, I mean, systems win. Andy Reid. Oh, no, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. Who are they going to get the ball to? Oh, they just spawned Nicole Hardman and Robinson or the exact same player and can just run 80 miles an hour with the ball. I mean, McKinnon, I haven't heard of him since he was a backup running back for the uh, for the Vikings. Now he's an all-star. I mean, now he's one of the best players in the, for the Chiefs who touches the ball. It's a system, and it works because you know why? Plug and play. Plug and play. If you have a good, quarter, you have a good system, you got a good quarterback, plug and play, and you're good. If you guys had to guess, who do you think this week is the only matchup that two teams are playing above 500? Just shows how weird of an NFL season it is. The Giants. Giants are one. Versus the the Eagles, right? No, the Seahawks. Ah. This week. Gino versus Danny Dimes. Gino, both teams are above 500. Niners and Rams, not the case. They're playing each other this week. Ravens, Bucks, not the case. They're playing like who would who would have thought week eight, the only game we're getting of teams above five hundred is the the New York Football Giants versus the Geno Smith led Seahawks. Dude, I want to get this out there. Geno Smith was posed a question. I don't know if you saw this video. Uh, the guy, the question. It was an honest question. It was like, dude, like basically great job who like who to thunk it like that question you just asked like who to thunk it who to thought we'd be here right now with a a Seahawks team that's in first place in their division and Geno Smith's leading the league in passer rating and shit and uh Geno said what you not expect it you you like you must not ever see me throw and it's like <laughs> well the reason no one expected it is because they have seen you throw and yeah. and you've been wobbly as shit for dude, and no one's dude hasn't been like a, arm strength. He hasn't been or, a starting quarterback in eight years. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, is that 
the the fact that he kind of shit on this guy and was like, it's an honest question. He's playing fantastic football, and I think he's always been capable of being a a very solid quarterback. I mean, we saw him throw for like 500 yards a game at West Virginia. Like the guy can sling it, but that I love Gino. That kind of pissed me off. Not that I'm kind of turning on him, but I thought that was interesting because like every team that he was a backup for in the comments was like, no, we've all seen you throw. That's why this is surprising because <laughs> like, now you're throwing it much differently and much better. But yeah, that no one would have thought that we would have thought this Ravens Bucks game would have been like one of the games of the year at this. Yeah. Point. Rams you know, Niners, I, like, like setting each other apart in the division that they're mm-hmm. fucking treading water. Kind of the same thing too. I, Daniel Jones, I remember saying people always used to preach about the turnovers with him. It wasn't the turnovers. It was that in 37 games played, he had 36 fumbles. He holds on to the ball and doesn't fumble. He's not a bad quarterback. He isn't. I mean, he can run. He can throw. He's not bad. His picks, he's second in the league right now in interceptions. Second, like second best. He's only got two of them. Only got two. Um, a guy like Joe Burrow threw four in week one. I know he's really turned it on, like, you know, the last, like, six weeks. But still, Daniel Jones, his turnover problem is a fumbling problem. I don't think he's fumbled this year. I'd love someone to double-check me on that. But I don't think – we get the stat guy on that in the back? I don't think he's fumbled. Hey, Todd, you checking that out over there? <laughs> we need a nerd. Been- we need to bring in a nerd. We need, like, analytics, like, hardcore that we can just have, like, an analytics Like the section. McAfee show, they have, like, 19 yeah. guys on computers. If any of you out there. To get there, one, like, passing rate, passer rating. If any, of, if any of you listeners out there are nerds or, like, data analyst guys or you want you want a dollar an hour internship, uh, the Splitting Gaps podcast is now higher. So um, be our nerd. Uh, we'll put a job description on LinkedIn. Feel free to uh, tap into that. Um, but yeah, that, I think that needs to happen. Resident nerd. nerd, apply here. Yeah. <laughs> we need a nerd. It's remote. It's remote. Too. <laughs> Fully remote, zero Fully benefits. Remote. Um, we'll give you dollar an hour. We'll zero income. Or I guess one dollar an hour. Hey, we, we everyone will, had to do it at some point. Everyone had to yeah. do an unpaid internship. We'll at some point. we'll create like a water bottle and send it to you. Like you get you'll get some swag. I don't know what it will. Maybe it's a sticker. You know, I don't know. But you'll get something. Apply. Apply. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't know we were hiring until now, but I think it's something that was loading for a long time. So we need I'll, a nerd. I'll put I'll pump that out on LinkedIn. Very active on LinkedIn. Love it. Great site. Great platform. Um, so if anyone wants to jump to the front of the line that's listening, um, you could just hit me up directly. So, yeah, we got that working. But um, I don't think it was a great week in terms of like the slate in the NFL, not as great as the college. Nah, slate. Not, not but good. what did happen was the bears beat the new England Patriots for the second time since they beat them in the super bowl. Um, I looked because I, I thought to myself as we were kind of solidified the win, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen the bears beat the Patriots since I've been alive. <laughs> I checked it. I did the job of our future nerd and looked it up myself and found that they beat them in December of 2000. So they they had won one game during our lifetime, Marty, and it was like we were like six months old. 
I, I remember that game like it was yesterday. <laughs> Every other game we got, it was none of them were even close. I think we had lost like nine in a row or something. Not the that we closest play them one was much, was but... the Kevin White game in 2018. Yeah, and, and that's my dad was like, "Yeah, when's the last time we were even close?" So I'm like, "I weren't you at that nerd? Game? Get we on it!" Literally, we were literally an inch short. <laughs> Kevin White from was an inch the short game, for yeah. making one play. See, I, a Lions fan, have seen us beat Tom Brady and the Patriots at home. I mean, naturally. That's the Lions do. We beat the team that makes the Super Bowl and we lose to the worst teams in the league. So well, it seems like you're playing a lot of the worst teams in the league this year. Yeah. That's that's that that's a bear stat. We're on who's on Super Bowl watch now? The Patriots are on Super Bowl watch. So the last two years the Bears have beaten teams that have either won or appeared in the Super Bowl. They beat the Buccaneers so, that going. Years Don't they play the, the Bengals. They played the Bengals last year. But so far, realistically, two teams that are on Super Bowl watch now are the 49ers and the Patriots. So get your futures out. And they do play the Bills. What a, yeah, the they, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Bills could I mean, be I'm gonna money it, line Bears. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, because they, they're I, most likely to win the Super Bowl. Like that's parlay, the parlay, Oh my god, they yeah. play the Eagles too. Oh my god, they play the Eagles too. <laughs> well, I mean the Bears the Bears. Parlay Bears win against the Bills and Bills Super Bowl in that same ticket, and it's <laughs> auto hit. It's like I'm gonna it's, do two separate ones. I'll throning. do that with the Eagles too. It's like I'm throning in- someone. It's the Bears beating you is like, or is King knighting someone is like you're <laughs> yeah. putting the you're putting the sword on them, and they're like, thank I can now go forth and win the Super Bowl. The 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 second that ticket goes through at DraftKings, it just pays out right away. <laughs> I'm, the I'm, cash I'm, out I'm a, fifteen thousand dollars. I'm making it. I'm doing one for the Eagles and I'm doing one for the Bills. Uh, Those lines the Bears, are definitely not available. No, you can <laughs> scroll. You can scroll. I can get to November seven. When is when is the game? Well, the the Bears play the Bills on Christmas Eve. Oh, I gotta wait till <laughs> fucking December to do this. God damn yeah. it! When do they play the Eagles? A couple weeks? No, they play yeah, the fine. Eagles the week before they play the Bills, and they got them uh, both at home. Well, then that's the Super Bowl: Bills Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. All right. Bills, Eagles, Super Bowl. Playing, playing the Patriots and the Niners in the NFC Championship. That's, <laughs> lock, lock it in. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, but that was that was an interesting game. Like, I, I saw something where they were kind of shitting on um, the Patriots and Belichick and that it was unfair to do that to Mac Jones because they just – they weren't – they benched him without letting him really do anything. And then – all the credit goes to Zappy, who they immediately changed the offense for and kind of let him be in positions to make plays. Um, but I mean, Zappy, he threw for 62 touchdowns and almost 6,000 yards last year in college. The yeah, kid I can, can sling it. Yeah. I mean, 62. T- how, how is that even possible? You're throwing for 400 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns a game virtually for the Hilltoppers out there. So he looks solid. Um, clearly some things he's, I mean, that was like his third or fourth career game. So he's not all, you know, polished and takes guys a while to get fully polished, but um, he threw some dimes. He looks decent, but um, yeah, Justin Fields, probably the biggest, biggest win of his career. All things considered was looking decent against the Patriots in prime time. Probably Definitely the best he's played. I don't get when he looks bad. You fumbled I really like four that, times without defense on him, which was weird. He kept dropping the ball. Um, yeah. That was concerning. Can you guys tell me as a fan, like, 
why when he looks that what does he do so bad i don't look what he's really he's really inaccurate well he makes every throw like really hard so one of his balls literally went like this yeah he throws he's been throwing a lot of duds ducks and the other thing is like the most simple just pitching catches he like he makes them look very difficult and where I think the best throw I've seen him make was that 15 yard. The ball traveled 15 yards was where he pumped the D end and kind of dropped the arm slot and fired it to Khalil Herbert, which was a phenomenal play, phenomenal play for the touchdown. And the ball it, was still like, I don't know that it was even a forward pass, but that was one of the best plays I've seen him make. You know, he has it with his legs and he has to do it a lot because, uh, we have absolute turnstiles in front of them. But, yeah, they looked all right. Dante Pettis might be a top five receiver in the league by the end of this month. EQ St. Brown, he's a captain this week. <laughs> What's I, I, So we were on the way to, to the United Center on Monday. I saw the Bulls beat the Celtics live. Pretty sick. Parlayed with first, the Boston. First Bulls game I've ever seen us win, which is saying something. But – What's it? We were looking at all the Bears props and like St. Brown's receiving yards was like nine, like over, over, under nine. And What's just like, so, he's a good blocker. Literally, literally. And some of the rest of the guys are like the same. And that just shows who the fuck the Bears have trotting out there. You got Vegas giving you nine. So you, you, you essentially be like for on a guy that's playing like 60 snaps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he literally has to make one play out of 60. And Vegas doesn't even think he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute, just nobodies, schmucks. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's it's crazy to like to think that they play in the same league as the Chiefs when you watch the Chiefs play offense and how easy they make. Like, it's not not. I'm not talking about when Patrick Mahomes does things that you've never seen on a football field. I'm talking about just a good route concept and they get the ball out quick and they, and they do it a couple times in a row. And next thing you know, they're in the red zone. Like, cause you, you're, you take it for granted. Cause then you turn on the bears and just, you know, getting out of their own end is like splitting the fucking atom. You know, it's like, how are these both offenses in the NFL? How are they so far apart from one another? Yeah. Obviously it's personnel, but I think it's a lot of scheme and just a lot of part. Like, I think it's almost all scheme, honestly, because I think if you gave Andy Reid, Dante Pettis, EQSB, and fuck who else, Ryan Griffin, like they'd still be able to By- move the ball better. Well, but- it, Andy Reid has had Byron Pringle, so we can't say Byron Pringle. Andy Reid, Andy Reid made Byron Pringle look like Jerry Rice out there. Yeah, I actually, I also I put two dollars on Nikhil Harry to score a touchdown. Um, thought it was the his, the Nikhil Harry revenge game. It wasn't. I, think he I like one, a good revenge. New, new, See, new I bet watching. Bears. I bet Bears. I bet Bears was, as well, but I wanted because it was two. Fields revenge game from the Natty against Mac Jones. So I knew Fields was going to be ball. You could find it, it's funny. I every single matchup in the NFL, no matter what two teams you could, you could find one revenge, like one duo that's trying that you can just, it's gotta be a good player though. 
It's the it's not the Star Lotulule revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Speaking of good offenses, that's going to be the uh, Lions and Jamison Williams comes back. They might be better than Chiefs. Yeah, they looked at last week. Yeah, they, you know. They looked like if you just slotted Jamison Williams in there, then uh, all the problems would go away. Honestly, yeah. Would they have five second-half turnovers or something like that? I don't know. I shut it off. I just turned to red zone, and it's like – because that was pretty much equivalent to shutting them off because it's not like they were going to yeah. make the red zone. Bears are like that too. To you don't it. even know the you you don't even know the Bears. You thought the Bears were on a buy if you're watching Red Zone. Yeah, but doesn't know doesn't hurt you. Yeah, um, I think we might. Uh, we're getting pretty long here, so I think maybe later in the week we could do a uh, get into the World Series a little bit. But I think we could leave it there uh, for yeah. this week. Um, obviously, mostly it college football. Friday, right? um, yeah, starts Friday. Phillies Strohs. The Phillies, we kind of uh, kind of touched on to make a run when we did our little playoff preview. Happy for them. I think I, I'm definitely still rooting for them here in the World Series against Houston, but it's going to be tough because Houston's been there. All their guys have played in these games. And um, it's just going to be Bryce. I think this one's all about Bryce. So we'll see. But – yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll be back after there will definitely be some shakeup in the college football rankings this week. Is this uh, is the playoff rankings come out after this week? I believe so. Yeah. So we'll have our we'll have our top six and um, we'll see if we still have as many as many contenders because the field has been whittling a little bit. I think it it normally starts earlier. We've we have more teams still in the mix. So we'll get back next week and uh Welcome back, Beach. Great to have you back, dude. Good to be back. You know, it took a while to get set up, moving, had to get a desk, had to get Wi-Fi. Uh, but we're, we're back now, so it's good to be here. Good talking sports with you guys, as always. Uh, we got a good weekend ahead of us. Good slate in college basket, or college football, sorry. World Series Friday, NFL. We're in the Equinox of sports, baby. There's no better time. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Get off!